Hey everybody, this is Letters from the Mezzanine, a New York Theater and Arts podcast. Instead of giving traditional reviews, we provide thoughtful post-show discussion, so spoilers abound. So let's start the show. Yeah, hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Norma. And we are in a studio that we rented because we're profesh. We're super profesh. And, um, and we are actually in the heart of Midtown. Um, we're just a block away from the Richard Rogers Theater where Hamilton will soon be playing. Yes. In its you know, run. I wanted to talk to you about that because I feel really guilty. Why? Saying this. What? But I am not a fan of the new logo. I saw that logo and I thought, like, American Idol has a new logo. Like, <laughs> I, and, like, why is it all historical? Looking and um, I well, what was the old logo? Know, so it's like I think it was just like the, the face, public theaters thing, the, yeah, and the, Hamilton's face, which you know, so like with like some kind of like pink graffiti on it or some you know like yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of trademark, like Shakespeare in the Park kind of look, right? Um, but now it's like this kind of parchment with a black star, oh, and yeah. then just like Hamilton. Like rocking out on top. To be fair, though, this new logo actually looks like it would be like a Jay Z album. Like it, it looks yeah. more hip hop in some ways, but like you know, like the really like serif font and you know, like yeah, you know that kind of thing. I don't know. It kind of it. But I really wasn't. do love the public theaters, like like the their style. their yeah their shows like. Every time, like, I don't even know what the show will be about, and I'll just be like, ooh, what's this? Just because of exactly, the, yeah. the logos and stuff. Good marketing. So shout theater. out to the graphic design team at the Public Theater. You guys yes. rock. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, well, you, yeah, we shouldn't talk about Hamilton because you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but guys, I'm seeing it at the end of this month. It's yes. on Broadway Run. I'm probably going to throw my, more, runny, more money on it during the Broadway transfer. Yes, and and then we'll probably have like a whole post, a whole podcast about it. Just you know, picking uh, apart, you know, the, the transfer, what what happened? Yeah, got to a bigger theater. And also, who smells the best at the lobby? Um, the lobby. <laughs> what, what is it? The stage door. When you wait for the stage door, you know, you can wait in the public theater lobby and like see everyone. This come is true. Out. Um, there are people who smell really good in that cast. I oh noticed, really yeah. We should we should ask for their I, I their can secrets. give I can give names, but I want you to experience it for yourself. Okay, <laughs> challenge accepted. That wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting us to like compare like King George notes because I think I'm seeing Jonathan yes. Ross. Yay. That's what I think, and you saw Brian Darcy James. So yeah. so guys, stay tuned. We're really excited to nitpick that show to death and fangasm yeah. all over it. Until then, we have other things to be excited about in theater news. Yes. You want to do theater news first? Theater news! Let's, do we have, like, a title for this segment? I was thinking, like, this is a segment we'd like to call the call board or, like, the casting list. Uh, I call don't know. board? Maybe Whatever. it's the call board. We might call it the call no, board. No. I, I feel decided. I think we should just change it every time. All right. So, today, <laughs> for today's episode, it's called... check out the call board. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, Jake Gyllenhaal. 
What? Ah, I am blessed, hashtag, because... Why? Um, because I, instead of going to the gym during my lunch hour today, which I usually do, and by usually I mean like two to three times a week, if... Sarah's <laughs> um, doing the best that she can for her health. <laughs> um... Instead, I was like, oh, I gotta, like, spend my lunch hour researching things to talk about for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so... Did you hop on those ticks? I, yes, I did. So I, I, it, like, it happened around, like, my lunch hour started at, like, 1. It happened, like, maybe one ten. Also, another good thing, I wasn't watching, like, Netflix during my lunch hour. So, like, I was on it. It was just, like, perfect... Um, Timing. Yes. Kind of like when I got that first block of Constellations tickets. Yes. Like, speaking of Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, but, so, so you're going to definitely be seeing Little Shop. I did. I spent all the money that I was going to spend on, like, new summer clothes and jumpsuits. I bought it. I spent it on uh, City Center tickets. Well, so. That was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. And, um, You'll so, be wearing yeah, your rags to the theater, but it'll be fun. <laughs> um, and Taryn Killen's going to... Did you see Taryn Killen's I did! What? Yeah. What role is the that? Dent- the dentist. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so you guys tell me all about it. <laughs> you really yes. do. Like, that's going to be a reporting thing for me. I Whenever the news, I was really excited because even though I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it because I saw the news late today and I was like, oh, the... The tickets are gone. They're gone. But um, but um, Jake Gyllenhaal, I thought he was wonderful in Constellations. I thought he had a yeah. great stage presence. Yeah, I mean, like, the role itself wasn't written for, like, for him to, like, snag that Tony mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was a very solid. He helped. I think he gave the right energy for Ruth Wilson to, like, Ruth Wilson and be her best. I don't feel like she had to work any harder because of him. Yes. I felt like it was a very equal. Do you think it's going to be awkward with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ellen Green doing... Like a romance on stage. Why? I'm. I'm. See, I'm supposing because she's like an older woman now, and she's playing the same role that she did in the movie. Oh. And um, they'll make it work. I'm. Yeah. I'm thinking it's gonna be like an even more camp version of. You like even like more it, bizarre. Yeah. Like an. Like if we thought Little Shop was crazy already. It's gonna be like an even more kind of like self-conscious show. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, because I feel like that's the only way they could like actually make it work. But yeah. I might be wrong. I I don't know. Maybe Just I'm not giving question. enough credit. So the New York City Center Encore's off-center productions that they tend to be summer shows. They're usually with younger material. Mm. Younger, like in the last like thirty to. 40 years, I guess, rather than, like, straight up from the 40s. So, like, are they still doing the stage reading, quote-unquote? I'm doing stage reading, quote-unquote, for all you listeners who can't see me right now. <laughs> um, is this, like, a stage reading thing where, like, they have, like, their binders out, but then they also Ooh. have it half-known? Because you saw Violet, didn't you? No. Uh, you no, well, I, but there. I saw Violet when it, once it was already on Broadway. You saw something that was an uh, off-center production. Yes. I've seen a few. Are they Have still I? in the same format? No? <laughs> I don't know. I, IDK. If anything, it might be, like, semi-staged. I'm okay. not sure. We have to get our intern on that. Yeah, our intern. What's his name? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm really excited. 
Um, if you guys can snag tickets from Craigslist or Soul Making with the Devil or whatever, it's going to be July 1st and 2nd, performances at 7.30 p.m., and then there's going to be an additional performance at 2 p.m. on the 2nd because Ticket what? Demand was so hardcore. Wait, so it's three? three? There's three shows. They added a third show. Did I? So maybe tickets what, aren't totally gone. today? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, because I feel like when I went on, there was only two, but... You, Maybe they just added They might the have been one. like, holy shit, we gotta, like, accommodate. <laughs> we gotta accommodate the Jillian Hollers. Yeah. Which, right, which I'm not, but I just, I think it's just... I think it's good. Hard. I think it might be fun. I think, um, I think I look forward to seeing, like, him do more theater and what he has in store. I think it'd be yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Do you think he broke, um, Ruth Wilson's heart? I hope there's something on it. I mean, if that's a thing, I don't know if it's a thing. I still am not sure if like the Andrew Garfield Emma Stone thing no, was real. Let's I'm not sorry. Even, we're not even gonna go. <laughs> we're not even gonna go there. I'm trolling. I'm trolling, uh, Sarah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, because yeah, I saw there was like a picture with Jake Gyllenhaal and Rachel McAdams today in the what? restaurant, and I was like, no, that sounds, what's going on? That sounds good. Yo, he's like. I would represent he's that. Going. I mean, out there. He's, he's, I mean. Getting it. Getting all of it. He's getting all of it. All of it. Uh Um, so another thing I'm really excited about in theater news yesterday was announced that Laura Benanti, um, who's my queen, um, is gonna have a book of essays coming out. Um. What? I did not hear this. Yeah, I. That damn intern. (laughs) (laughs) That damn intern. Didn't do his work, but like um, but yeah, I, uh, I I saw the news today. Actually, broke yesterday, which would be Monday, April thirteenth. But um, it didn't get that date right. Essay essays did. on what? They're supposed to be like comedic essays. Apparently, they're gonna be like some of them autobiographical about like her like coming into New York City and like, mm. you know, becoming the wonderful Broadway singer comedian that she is today. But like, I wonder. I mean, you know, books can change. It's, I mean, they still they have an estimated pub date of fall 2016, so that's about a year and a half from now. So maybe it might get more fine tuned over time. Mm. Um, all I know is that I really am curious to see what she writes. I love the way she tweets. Yeah, <laughs> I love everything else that she does. Are um, you gonna? You should get us free uh, book expo tickets again. Free expo? I'm gonna no. try. I mean, if if you're listening, people <laughs> in charge of the book expo, America. You are interested in giving us press passes. We, I yeah. have an application, so I'm just um, there. And she also has this like web series that I just heard about today called what? Working Working It Working It. Really? <laughs> Where and I think it's like a promotional thing for that New York Spring Spectacular. Oh. Um. <laughs> no, 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 guys, guys, guys! I'm not meaning to shade it. I just it's such a thing that's so obviously it's been for done. you know it's uh, for tourists and you know and they've tried to do it. They tried to do it, I think a year or two ago, like with the Rockettes Summer Spectacular, something like that, and it didn't. They they end up canceling it before mm. it went up. So like I know what it's for. It's to get people to want to see Rockettes at times other than Christmas. I just you know it's not for me. Yeah. I also don't understand, isn't isn't Derek Huff in Dancing with the Stars now, and... Well... I'm not sure now. He kind of left it for a while, like, Is doing his own now? thing. I don't know if he's, like, My always doing it. seasons as work. regularly. I have to be there when my mom watches it. <laughs> <laughs> so you could take... 
Because I swear I thought he, notes for us. they had like Disney night last night. A word. Uh, and the only reason, again, like the only reason I'm watching this is because my mom watches Disclaimer. <laughs> no shame. I watched the shit out of season one. I was yes. all about it. It was really like, I'm probably budget. like two and three also. I probably followed very much. But now, <laughs> no, they had a Disney thing, and, like, everybody was dressed up as Disney characters, oh, and they cute. had, like, computer-animated <laughs> things going around. It was a little weird. Oh, yeah? Um, there was, there was, like, someone doing Alice in Wonderland, and it was Alice and the rabbit, but the rabbit, the guy that did the rabbit, like, really, he had, like, a rabbit face. So basically like, some furry he stuff. He looked like a rabbit. No. And it was terrifying. It was really, really terrifying. Because he had, like, red eye lenses. What? <laughs> and, um, like, this he legit like looked like a rabbit. Eli Roth shit. It was really scary. Um, I know, forgot where I was going with that. I don't know, but you, Derek <laughs> Huff is somewhere dancing something. something. Yeah. Um, I am... Um, yeah, so that's, that's one... That's, those are the main things I'm really excited about that mm. I just heard about. Yes. <laughs> oh, the the Olivier Awards. Did you hear about the Olivier? Uh, no, tell me. What did you hear of the uh, Olivier Awards? It was weird because, yeah. What? Wolf Hall won a bunch. Who? So the, Wolf Hall. Oh, Wolf which Hall. I still don't know if that's going to get me to the theater for six hours to Ew. watch it. Well, but we'll be so smart after we watch it. We're going to learn so much. Yeah. I would, I mean, I'm, I like the idea of marathoning theater. Yes. And, um, I think, I think I could really, I think I could really benefit from seeing something like Wolf Hall. There's yeah. some things, there's some marathoning things that I'm like, mm, no. But then, I mean, <laughs> but uh-huh. like, for example, I really, really, really love Nature Theater of Oklahoma's Life and Times. I keep checking their page, see when they, uh, are having the next episode and what form it's going to take. Um, if you guys don't know Life and Times, um, it's Nature Theater of Oklahoma. It's like they basically have, in a series of telephone conversations, have recorded one of the members of the theater company's whole life from birth till that present moment. And the theater company is doing doing this woman's life, performing it in episodes, um, and each episode takes on a different form. But they're doing it all word for word, including the ums, likes, you knows, ers, if. All those stuff, all those things, um, <laughs> and um, and uh, they they have different genres and forms. And the most recent one took the form of the first part was a film and this an animated film, and the second part was a, a, a literally an illustrated manuscript in the form of like Middle Ages text. So basically, that show like the parts one through four was like a marathon that lasted like what. Four hours? Five hours? What? When we saw it, it was, at the public? It was like a whole... UTR? Wasn't it like a whole day? Like 12, 10 to 12 hours? All I know is it was totally worth it, and I loved <laughs> it. I was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, so happy. So if it's from like something that like is really like honing in and making sure that every moment counts, if you make sure that every moment counts, you usually don't feel how long something is. I can watch... I've seen pieces of theater that have been like an hour, an hour and a half, and they... Because the moment to moments have been so not well crafted. Yeah. It's, it was like a, it was like a torture. It was like the <laughs> IV drip of time. So, um, yeah. 
But um, but no, I I did. Is there any other Olivier? Uh, there's a Kinks musical, like Kinks on the the band the Kinks. Oh, I was thinking. That's Kinks. weird because it won like best musical and stuff, which is like, you know, I don't know. Like there's all these jukebox musicals that are now kind of like elevating the form, I guess, because there's yeah. like the Kinks, and then there's like Beautiful and all that stuff, which are like winning awards, and it's weird. No, yeah, well, maybe I'm not sure how I feel. Maybe about there's good that. stuff for that. I mean, if they could go ahead, UK people reworkshop that Spice Girls musical to get it on. <laughs> I was so disappointed when that had really bad reviews in the UK, and then basically the Broadway transferred, like became non-existent because I really wanted to see some Spice Girls. Yes. On a Broadway stage. That's yep. As of yesterday. Um, speaking of random stuff that's going to be in London uh-huh. that we want to see. So, I am, there is a Bend It Like Beckham musical yes. in the West End. I don't know what that is, but bring it over here. Yes. Bring it over here, take pictures of Kira Knightley showing up the opening night. Just do it. Just do it for me. Why not? Yep. Um, <laughs> I want to see some soccer dance scenes. No, well, like, what kind of made me thinking about it is because there's this there's um, this King Charles the Third musical. What? Not musical. I think it's a play. Can't so remember. cool. Play. Um, which is, yeah, which is, like, if Charles became king, like, what would that look like? And it's supposed to be pretty good. And it's transferring here. What? Which would be really, which is... When? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so is this like a dystopian Sometimes universe? It's, I guess it's like... <laughs> if Charles becomes king, the world, the world is going to fall apart. I'm not, yeah, I, I feel, I have to do more reading about it, but yeah, it seems really fun. Oh, that's so cool. When you said Charles III, I was like, but there wasn't, was the second, and then the restoration, and then, and then you uh, said, and then you the said new, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's bananas. Yeah. And of course, anything with James McAvoy should <gasps> really? happen. Should, really? Uh, no, no, no. Like, it's not happening. It should happen. Okay. <laughs> anything with James McAvoy would be nice. Please. Um, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You really threw me off track. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And then, and then, of course, you know, there's, there's some other stuff. Oh, the troll yeah. and me would love to see cats come back to Broadway in fall Aww. 2016. That's what Andrew Lee Rubber said was like they're leaning toward. And he also has a thirst high for Nicole of a Pussy Cats Dolls fame to play the Moonlight Cat. I do have to say, she can sing, like she can sing, sing. I think I've shown you the video of her doing um, Fan of the Opera. Yeah. In this concert before our Fan of the Operas. It was kind of creepy because it looked like this, like. Almost like pornographic thing where like four phantoms are yes. just like singing on her, and I'm like, ooh, stay away, stay away. But she can, she has pipes, so I think she'd like kick ass. I just don't know about this whole like hip hop element that they're bringing into cats. They were reporting about. So basically, just bring it over here. I would love to see it. There was um, cats is actually one of the first broad. was the first Broadway show I ever saw when I was ten years old. It was really weird. And at intermission, I asked my dad what it was about. <laughs> and he turned to me and he said, I don't know, I was about to ask That's you. The question. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, sure, let's, let's do this again. I'd yeah. love to see what grown up I've thinks. never seen it. My uncle, like, had a VHS tape of it, like, oh. when it was on PBS or whatever, and tried to make us all watch it. And I think that stopped pretty quickly. 
in maybe like 20 minutes in when we realized like does this thing have a plot like no. <laughs> um no there's not think, yeah but you know that was like a long long time ago so long maybe time ago. maybe uh my maybe my oh, tastes have evolved with age you know anything anything <laughs> is possible yeah literally anything so um oh and then there's gonna be right now charlie and the chocolate factory is playing that's been playing how long? A while. Well, come here. Like, stop wasting time. I think it. I think it was. They were thinking about getting it here, but I don't think it got as great press, press. as it. Sometimes, it would. sometimes I notice it's like there's those English shows that they like bring over here like quick, like hot fire, and then there's others that just will never come, like the Queen <laughs> musical. <laughs> Yeah, that'll oh, just, yeah, yeah. That'll just will never be here, but why, I guess. why are they bringing over, like, all these royal things? Like, Wolf Hall, the audience. I think because like, there's that Anglophile set that really digs that stuff. Like, I know me personally, that kind of historical Britishy, the super Britishy, yeah. Britishy stuff, I kind of dig. Um, you know. That's weird. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know what that means. That wouldn't means. be my first... Choice on money spending. True. <laughs> True. Some if, uh, it depends. It depends. I don't know. Okay. I, I can't. I can't <laughs> say for certain. Um, what I mean, like for example, like the the double billing of Twelfth Night and No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff is like really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. know. I D K guys. I D K. I D K. So, um, so we're going to talk about two shows that we saw, both off-Broadway, but, um, both really interesting. The first is, uh, The 39 39 Steps. Steps. Yeah, actually, it's no longer The 39 Steps, it's 39 Steps. I'm not sure why. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't find any useful information about that. But, um, yeah, I, I saw this one on my own. But um, Norma sat with me a few years ago. Yeah. Like over four years ago. Has it been because, that long? Yes. We're getting old. Yes. Um, so, like, fun story. So, I saw it. I have no idea why I saw it. <laughs> like, I don't know if there was a good review or something that made me go uh, see it. But, like, I, some, I guess I got tickets on TDF. And it was at New World Stages. And I saw it. And I was, like, really, really in love with it. Like I In just, love. Fucking like, when Sarah had a thirty-nine steps yes, phase. I had a thirty-nine steps phase, and then, um, and then I literally bought nine tickets, which is <laughs> the, the maximum you could buy on TDF, and I basically just pimped them out to like everyone I knew, and and Norma was one of them at the time. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And this. yeah, and so I just took like a bunch of friends, and again, loved it. Um, so, yeah, so I jumped at the chance to, like, see this again, and I was trying to think, like, why did I love it so much? <laughs> like, just now looking back, and I'm thinking it's probably, like, the first time I've seen a show where, like, where that kind of kinetic energy, like, the, the, so it's, okay, so it's based on, um, an Alfred Hitchcock movie called The 39 Steps. It's about, like, a, um, a, like, British government official slash veteran who, um, gets involved 
in all sorts of different, like, spy games, and this is, like, uh, I guess pre-World War II, so there's all sorts of, like, German Nazis lying around, and, uh, and, you know, and there's, like, a little bit of a love story, and, you know, it's so, it's, the plot itself isn't really (laughs) all that relevant, but, like, the, the thing is, it's, like, four people playing something like 150 characters. There's two main, uh, they call them the clowns. They, like, they're, they're, Character names are literally Clown 1 and Clown 2, who um, go around and perform pretty much, like, of the 150 parts, maybe, like, 140 of the parts. <laughs> and um, and it's very, like, it's minimal set, minimal costumes, but, like, everything else is kind of made up for by the actors. And there's all sorts of... There's, like, every scene has some kind of, like, theatrical bit to it, whether it's, like miming or like quick crazy costume changes or like drag or like and and it's always very self-conscious and self-aware um very theatrical and um and like making the audience complicit like they know like they help you know okay this is a show like like the example I can think of is like the the main character uh Richard Hanny is in his room with like the damsel in distress and and she's like oh look outside your window there's two men who are following us and they're standing right behind that lamppost and he goes to his window and he like peeks out and as soon as he peeks out like the two clown actors come dressed in trench coats and they come on stage with this lamp that they just like (laughs) plop down on stage and just stand all like suspicious looking and then as soon as Richard Hanny looks away they go off stage with the lamp and then you know and then he looks back in the window and then they come scuttling back with the lamp and just playing it on stage and start smoking cigarettes <laughs> and, and then or and yeah and then there's like a point where he's like almost gonna look out the window like he's thinking about looking out the window and, and then the two clowns come back on stage and plant the lamp but then they realize that he's not looking so they kind of act all confused and go out again it's it's that kind of stuff so <laughs> and and that's what I think so I think it's probably like the first time I saw something like that, and and I've been like in love with stuff like that ever since. Mm-hmm. Like things like um, Peter and the Starcatcher. Oh gosh, yeah. Or like I'm I'm struggling to think of well, like, like big, anything Brecht, of course. Big Love also by Charles Me. Oh yeah. Yeah, I there was this great thing that they did with the door. It it just it just it played earlier this spring, winter, spring at um, Signature Theater, and it was this great thing where they had, like, a doorway, but, you know, it's, like, you know, modern theater, so it wasn't, like, attached to anything. It was just, like, a, you know, frame, and some characters would walk through it, and some characters would completely walk around it as they exited it, and it was just such a great, like, motif, and, and, you know, they kept, like, you know, playing with that throughout the entire production. It's just those little things that really add to something, and I I do love the 39 Steps for, for it being so energetic, and... yeah. Not skipping a moment. Yeah. And, um, it's, so this new production is basically the same one that was, <laughs> that was at New, uh, New World Stages. Uh, I think it's been off for four years, so they've been, they've brought it back. It's been playing in London, like, consistently, uh, for the past, like, for the past decade, um, 
and I, I think it opened in London first, and then it transferred here. Um, and so, yeah, so I was a little bit, like, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be, like, <laughs> a different new. adaptation. I, I think most of the audience hadn't seen it, and, and people were, like, cracking up laughing. Like, I was generally surprised. I'm people that, really, really loved it. I'm glad that a new group of audiences that probably didn't catch it the first time around had that opportunity yeah. to see it, yeah. you know? Yeah, and and the one of the clowns, the guy that plays the clown number two, he he's like from the original Broadway cast. That's cool. Um, so that's pretty neat. And yeah, it's it, it's just like a lot of fun. I would definitely, if you haven't seen it already, I would definitely go because it's just kind of the staple. I think the reason why they don't change the production <laughs> is because like that's the that's the production. It works. Like that's it the, works. Different, like, there's no, like, why bother? <laughs> um, it's, like, it's so intricately developed, like, yeah. Like, all the gags are so kind of embedded in the show itself. There's, I don't think there's really, it doesn't really leave much room for any other interpretation. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess, I mean, you could see that as, like, a flaw or a plus at the same time. Um it would be weird, uh, yeah. It would be weird to see like a different a different production. Production. Well, but, we're yeah. we're young. We. <laughs> <laughs> I could see us seeing a revival of the Thirty Nine Steps someday in our lifetime, <laughs> if we if we wish hard enough with our hearts. Yeah. Um, then then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, still off Broadway, but like so different was Iowa that's now playing at um, Playwrights Horizon. It's about a daughter and her mother, um, and um, the daughter who is Becca, Becca, Booka, Burka, um, as her mother gives all these names for her. She's a teenage girl, I think she's like 14, and um, her mother announces that um, she's engaged to be married by a man that she's only communicating with online, that they, he was her prom date years ago, and then he threw up on her shoes, but he's still an alcoholic, but things are going great. They're gonna get married, they're gonna move to Iowa. Um, and so you follow this girl, and you follow Be Becca and her relationship with her father, who's out in England, because you're basically just following this girl and the people around her life. And, um, it's, um, it's a musical, Ish. <laughs> it has music. Um, the music um, was composed by Todd Alman. The lyrics were done by Jenny Shorts and Todd Alman, and Jenny Shorts wrote the um, the words, words, the book of it. And um, and yeah, it's it has it has a lot of music. It has it straddles a line between like the musical and a play with music. Yeah, I feel like it's more of a play with music. I would agree. In that the, yeah, like the music doesn't exactly complement the play all the time. It's more like a kind of short little detour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's... It, and, okay, so the, the script itself is very um, strange because it's... It, it's almost like a stream of consciousness kind of, like... But, like, an insane stream of if consciousness. If Christopher Durang where... took drugs... Yeah. But, like, even stronger drugs, like stuff that you just can't <laughs> get in America... That's the result yeah. of of the of the words that are spoken in this play. Yeah. So like one of the first scenes is like the mom. Her name is Sandy. She's 
just kind of goes on and on and on and on about Facebook, about menopause, about masturbation, about her daughter finding a boyfriend, about like, you know. She's basically like a walking, like a walking, talking, like BuzzFeed stream. (laughs) It's literally like, are you this? Blah, blah, blah. And she goes off on tangents and she comes back and then she like goes off on another tangent and she comes back. It's like literally like she is the internet. Like she's absorbed so much stuff online that now she's just, yeah, it's all coming right out of her. Yeah, yeah. In the same way that she's taken in all this information. And I guess that's partly like a commentary on. Oh, totally. um, Like, oh, the oversharing of social media and the internet. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you think it worked? (laughs) Um, So, I, I thought it, I really did have faith in it. I really was like, because at first it had this really, it you know, at first you know you have this, you have a, you have a song and the music is gorgeous. It yeah, it really is like some really nice. It kind of reminds you of Duncan <sighs> Sheik a little bit. Oh, it sounds oh, really that last that last song especially. Last oh, song, oh yeah, the, like the Iowa song, and then there's um, uh, like the eagle, like the flying song. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the eagle song right at the end. So, <laughs> so the problem for me that I had with it is that it really establishes this like wackadoodle world you could even say yeah like stream of consciousness you can say if it's just primarily from becca's worldview you could have like the 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 confusing part of adolescence where you get all these memories and emotions it's really it also gets like more and more surreal as the play goes on Uh like if you thought that this mom just going on and on and on about her sex life and about her internet life was weird like then you get like she comes on stage wearing a burqa while yeah. she's like playing she's on her wearing laptop. A burqa. She was talking about it because one of her her boyfriend that she was seeing at the time that wasn't the fiance, um, she says is half Muslim, and mm. then she has this like idea that if she could like be like if she could connect that part of the culture, she could be with this guy. Mm. So she comes on stage wearing a burqa, which was like, whoa, little, yeah, we are. Say. We are on the line here. <laughs> yeah. And then and then there's um, a pony that comes on. There's a pony. The mother talks about how much she like loves ponies. Used to love ponies as a little girl. So then of course they had a, 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 an act, the actor, the male actor brought in a pony. Um, he Lee Sellers. He was fantastic. Um, but he plays a number of characters, including the pony, and has his own song as a pony. Yeah, the pony just and it's kind of like nonsensical. Like I'm a pony. I don't need a girlfriend. Yes. Because I'm a pony. And that's the song. And that's really... Like, While he's flirting with women in the audience. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, Nancy Drews, like, the multi-ethnic Na- Nancy Nan- Drews. I really like that part. Um, yeah. That's actually one of my favorite parts in the show, was the multi-ethnic yeah. Nancy Drews and the idea of, like, this, like, postmodern Nancy Drew that's, like, a manifestation of, like, this girl's, like... Because, like, um, Becky used to love to read Nancy Drew books when she was a kid, so now she's, like talking to an Andrew. Kind of reminded me of, like, in True Romance and, like, Christian Bale's, like, talking to Elvis. You have these kind of, like, you, you have these kind of, like, things where, like, your childhood heroes or whatever, like, are talking to you and then they're kind of, like, fucked up, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, because they, you know, it's it's through that more grown-up filter. Um, I thought that was hilarious. But it, it, yeah. it just, I didn't get, I know it was supposed to be fragmented on purpose. Yes. But then I still didn't get what those fragments added up to at the end of the 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, like, I was I was buying it for... I was buying it, like too. Like, 85% of it, and then the last 
like, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I was kind of just like, why? <laughs> yeah, I was... Like, what? Wait, what? I was this left cold. This wasn't where I thought it was going to go. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I think... I, I mean, I was saying before, I think the problem for me is... Um, when you present something so, so disjointed and so so strange, and then to and then to end it with this non-strange ending, to end mm. it with something that's very familiar and that did not seem in any way ironic. It right. seemed the the ending scene, the closing scene. Um, if you were following this show at all, because we were <laughs> terrible at summarizing it for you. But you know, they follow the girl and the mother. They go up to Iowa. Finally, they meet the guy. It turns out that he's a bigamist, like, sister-wife style, yeah. all the women have, the, like, their... The guy that the mother was dating online and got engaged to online is a Iowa, like, yeah, like, uh, what, what do you call those? Bigamist. Yeah. Poly, poly, polygamist. Polygamist. And he's like, oh, yeah, because it's more than one. Duh. What's Bye, the, poly. the religion? What's the religion? Mormonism. I mean, they don't know, they okay, don't say yeah. it's Mormonism. It could sure. be a cult. It could be whatever. Basically, the girls, <laughs> all the women in it have, like, the long dresses and the braids. It was hilarious. When that when that happened, I was totally, I fell for it. Yeah, it and I thought it was going to be funny, and then it wasn't. But, you know, I guess, I don't know. Like, I see why... So why we get we get <laughs> we get introduced to these women and and it's funny you know it's kind of like oh obviously she's gonna get herself into a predicament because she's never met this guy and um, but like there is a whole song which lasts like a, a good ten minutes if not more mm-hmm. um, where the woman all the sister wives are kind of divulging personal information about themselves like that is highly contradictory. Contradic- yeah. Well, it, it all yeah. contradicts each other. Like it was almost like they were singing on behalf of like a hundred women. Yeah. In a way, like oh, it was okay. four. That's how I interpreted it. It was like four women representing like a hundred women, each saying. See, that makes more sense different. to me um, <laughs> than what I was thinking. Whereas if they're just all lying and I don't know what to believe. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it like tried to bring it back to like the personal. Whereas everything else in the show has been about like. Your public persona and your, your body, your body, your like how how you look externally to other people, the cheerleader how you especially. It kind of brought it back to like internal, your internal self, and right, like what your goals are and which ambitions is fair. But if I just for me, it's you know I yeah. literally will buy whatever like crazy town logic you present me. <laughs> like I'm serious. Like I'll believe yeah. it. Um, which is why you got to keep me away from like cults, because I might. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But like, um, but the thing is, is that if you present to me this universe, where even at some points the daughter becomes unhinged, like when she's smoking, speaking, because you think, oh, the daughter's going to be a smoking. When the daughter is, you know, uh, expressing her her feelings about her math teacher and to her math teacher, and at first she's been to her mother and to everyone else, to her friends, she's been, like, presenting a very calm, uh, not calm, but uh, she's analytical. She's thinking about the world around her, mm-hmm. and, and you know, everyone else is crazy. And then she completely loses it over the math teacher, and she just becomes a little... Uh, Rambling, like her mom. Just like her mom. It's yeah. like her mom in baby form. And, and so to <laughs> present all these characters uh, in this way, and then at the in the literally the the last few minutes we're gonna close it all up and really connect to their emotional centers 
in a song or two and then have this child character that we literally see at the beginning singing one song, we don't know why, and at the very end talking to Becca and then having her want to connect with someone else. And so everyone else joins in and looking at the child and being inspired by by him. I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, it was It a was little... a very art pop moment for me. I just uh-huh. did not buy it. You know, yeah, like I'm not sure why Iowa makes them feel better or like how, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't, there was a lot that needed a little more tightening, which makes me sad because, like, it was so different than anything I've seen recently Mm -hmm. at all, even like your most like surreal, crazy experimental stuff that you would see at like fringe Um, it wasn't even that it was crazier it was it was wild and the music was wonderful and the performers were excellent the entire class was excellent in translating that (laughs) i'm laughing because i'm thinking of like other shows that we've seen that are probably crazier and which you've probably hated like that david foster wallace thing we're not talking about it (laughs) We're not talking about it. Yeah. And I also um, saw, like, a data a data play one time at the public, which was, like, just what? But, um, yeah. but even those, even the David Foster thing, which we will not talk about, and I did not like, even at least that made sense is to, like, all it was is that it was all conceit, so it didn't have much to it, but the conceit, mm. but the conceit was solid from beginning to end. We're going to have these actors that are being fed these random things, audio, mm-hmm. David Foster Wallace, and they have to make do with it to the best of their ability. I mean, that was the whole play. Yeah. Quote-unquote play. That you got... But at least it was that from beginning to end. From this, you have something that's music, not music. Serious, not serious. Comedic, not comedic. And then finally, superficial, and at the very close, somehow, internally, emotionally, they're receiving emotional closure. I... I, 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 I'm really sad. I, I really, you know, mm-hmm. if, if they would had an opportunity to work on it or remount it, I really would yeah. love for them to really figure out what the, what it means, what they're doing, yeah. you know, what the story being told, and then really commit to that. Um, Do you think it could have been better in two acts if it were longer? Mm, yes and no, I guess. Because I, I, I always hesitate in saying that because Lord knows I do not like a bloated production. Yeah. But to that end, if, you know, first act they they like show up in Iowa and then second act is like a like a shorter second act, like definitely like a very chunky second act where they really like thirty minutes. Yeah. Really to have that divide maybe. Mm-hmm. To have that divide from like superficial to genuine. Yeah. Um, I would I would take it. I'm not quite sure. I'm yeah. not on their creative team. I don't want to speak for the no, creative no, no, team no, or yeah. what. But I, I do think that there's just something, and I could tell because I was, at the performance that we attended, mm-hmm. I was trying to see, I was trying to gauge the crowd's reactions, and nobody was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, at the end, I kept trying, I kept asking Norma, like, what, so what did you think? What did you think? And she's like, shh, quiet. I was just trying to, like, listen to what people had to say. Um, like, even after, I'm just going to keep going back to Constellations for some reason. After I listened uh-huh. to Constellations, I was waiting in the bathroom, and I overheard someone saying, you know... I know that Ruth Wilson is the actual British person, but, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, his accent was so good that it almost made Ruth Wilson sound fake. Like, just these interesting, I'm not saying I agree or disagree, I'm just saying, like, just hearing, you know, what other people think 
is always fascinating because you, you, you can yeah. only get so much you can only glean so much from Twitter and from and from you know the standard <clears throat> reviews or the couple of blogs of like one that we write yeah. that's only like a handful of like mm-hmm. when people think about shows and you know audiences hold like you know a lot of people <laughs> yeah it's also nice to judge people if you think they're stupider than you oh you could totally totally yeah. totally totally especially if they're just there to see the celebrity <laughs> exactly. and you know or just whatever but yep. but nobody said anything about Iowa it was just like silence yeah. it was one of the most solemn post-show bathroom <laughs> breaks slash exiting the theaters I've experienced which maybe it was its point maybe its point was to really like um disillusion and what's that guy the taxi dude that, like, fucks with people all the time, who used to fuck with people the man on the moon. Oh, man. Andy Kaufman. Yeah, maybe there were just one big Andy Kaufman-ing. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I don't... I, I think that would be a disservice to the production. I think it had some really good points about race, about gender, more of which you can see at our blog post, which will be up on lettersfromthemess.com. Uh, so that was Iowa, and... Uh, yes, and that was our plug. And <laughs> we also have a Facebook and we have a Twitter and we have an Instagram that we sometimes post photos to. Yes. Uh, we have a lot coming up still to go. The April April is has only been half over. Um, half done. Half uh, upcoming. Approaching. Yep. With right. shows. We're seeing each other like every day this week. That's crazy. Pretty much. So, you know, go ahead and tweet us. See which one is going to kill the other one first. Yeah. <laughs> if, I have if, bits uh, on Sarah killing me. If Lynn Manuel doesn't kill me first for judging his, <laughs> for judging, for his, judging his logo for Hamilton, <laughs> forgive us. Love um, you. From, uh, so so yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you. And we'll see you on the next one. See ya. <laughs>